This is Hendricks County Conversations with Rick Myers and Gus Piercy, a weekly Hendricks County Icon podcast presented by Abstract and Title and Hendricks Power Cooperative. Our guest today is Jeff Thompson, State Representative for District 28. Jeff, how you doing? Fine, thank you. Glad to be here. Great to have you here, Jeff. Um, before we get started, how are your parents doing? Doing fairly well. Yes, they're they're just wonderful yeah. people. Yeah. I just think the world of, I mean, of they, your they, mother and father. They, they've had some health difficulties, but I'd say on on the uptick right now, improving. So good, good. Every time, I mean, they're just kind of like the quintessential Hendricks County couple. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they're just when I think of Hendricks County couples, I really think of them. So good to know that. Hey, we're we're happy to have you here, uh, Jeff. We wanted to talk about. Uh, this past legislative session okay. and and uh kind of start off with um you know maybe the, the redistricting mm-hmm. if we could talk a little bit about that right well and normally at the end of a a, a decade we do that in the first odd uh, session which had been 2021 and uh, the numbers from uh, the federal government are going to be delayed as we've heard and probably around september 30th we get those numbers and right and you need more than just kind of general numbers oh, you yes, need you, very very specific very numbers. very specific every single precinct and even the layout within that precinct and so the, the plan will be sometime then october november we'll uh, reconvene we're in recess right now yeah give me <laughs> tell me about that that's really never happened that's before never either. happened and there's nothing says we can't do that and so we're technically still in session we can go back at any point at the and call. there's been talk about going back on little things, yes, right? There, like there, there's been talk minimum wage, and but I, I think there'd be a lot of pushback for little things. I think the public at large wouldn't support us being in become full time. Right. I'm, I, right. I'm That's personally kind of what it feels like. Opposed to that, you know, for this is a unique case, and right. but I, I think we shouldn't be doing that. So we'll be back sometime in the fall, for probably three or four days, and do the maps, and then. Adjourn. Do you think they're going to change that significantly? Oh, yes. Really? Yes, you do? It, yes, okay. it, it's because of numbers. Wow. Yes. Well, now it's like a, there's like a certain number for each district. Yes. Right? It'll be around 67 or so thousand for each house district. For each house, house district. Right. Okay. And we have some leeway, probably 1% or so, roughly. Um, the uh, congressional maps have to be within one person. They actually split precincts. Oh, wow. They get them that close. Yep. Wow. So just curious, over the time that you've been in, <laughs> you've been an elected official yep. as a House representative, right. how has your district changed? Oh, huge. Uh, first elected, the center of population was Frankfurt, nearly all of Clinton County. Oh, wow. And I spent a huge amount of time in Clinton County for, oh, all, wow. for obvious reasons. Sure. And that was in 98 to 2002. Then the next decade, the center moved to Lebanon. So uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Lebanon for obvious reasons. The right. fourth year population is there. Right. Now the center population is Brownsburg. Huh. And so that reflects how the people are moving, you know, as, as time goes on. And so this county is going, I think, around 19% preliminary numbers. So it's, they're coming from the rural areas and moving to the suburbs. And so those rural districts will expand. Mm-hmm. And we'll see those in the suburbs, of course, have to, have to shrink. Wow. Now, the western part of this county is not changing a, a whole lot. It's more on the eastern four townships. Sure. Right. And you uh, are 
two years is that what you're yes you're, you're, yes and how many times how long have you been in since 1998 in 1998 that's a good that's long right. time it's been a while that's for sure there's <laughs> about five or six other republicans that have been there as long or longer than myself and what does that give you? Do you get a free lunch at the cafeteria every once in a while? No. Are, are, are we supposed to? I'd like to know about this. It, it, it gives you understanding oh. and knowledge and the ability to really work and get things so that you want to change policy. You know, prime example, we just had the um, uh, groundbreaking for the fire department there in, in, in um, Avon, yeah. Washington Township. Right. And that was a bill that I carried that allowed the tax structure to be changed with regard to how we do fire levies. And yeah. so that's the kind of knowing how to maneuver and get stuff through. I mean, being, right. on, being on ways and means, I'm, I'm a lifer there, I think, at this point, mm -hmm. in a sense, and probably shouldn't leave you know, for the good of this county. And stay in that position because obviously you have influence because a lot of things go right through that committee. All of them have to if they got money attached yep. to them, yeah, right? Anything above fifty thousand, even though bills may start elsewhere, they'll be recommitted to Ways and Means, and so it goes through that committee and a chance again to, to kind of put put your thumb on that if, if you want to. Sure, sure. Do, uh, so your center of district is Brownsburg? Yes, I, I would argue right now it's Brownsburg. Now, true, more of the population slightly is on the western part. But as far as where that really okay. concentration is, is right there in, in Brownsburg. And, and so as I understand it, the districts, some of them get larger, the more rural they've got because yes. there's less people, That's right? That's right. Because people, okay. Yeah, we see that in school corporations. You know, those rural corporations are slowly losing students, and the suburbans are, of course, growing. Have you ever had a session like this one where, I mean, everybody seemed to get along pretty well as far as partisanship? I mean, there was a guys passed a great budget, it sounds like. I mean, is, is that what you're feeling or? Yes, I, I was well pleased. I mean, there's always things that are partisan. Right. And we expect that on certain topics and, and issues. But um, it was just unique in the fact that we did not meet, of course, in the House chamber except for the very last day. And we met over in the government center. And so just changed the whole dynamics. Um, it's on me, I'm sad to say, I didn't really talk to every single new rep. Mm. And I feel kind of bad about that. I should have, you know, I kind of failed in that regard. Mm. And should have made a better effort because they're people. And even though they have different philosophies, they care about the state too. And I know they do. And we may you know, disagree on how we get there. And you're talking new people. Yeah, people that are, yeah, yes. So what would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give a new person what do you tell a new person when you talk to them I, I would say you know just just the person what kind of people they are what they do and those kind of things but listen and watch yeah and observe people um i i'm one first time ever spent a lot of time or had my computer on the floor we had no paper but i i, oh, I spent wow. a lot of time get away from that screen and just observe and watch people and I like to have a seat where I can see people and who's talking to who. Because once you learn personalities, and I'm sure those that, that lobby know us and our personalities, mm -hmm. that's key on just how people think and how they operate. And, and, it's, uh, and really, I mean, for all the technology that we have, that's the basics, right? I mean, it, it they is. were doing that 100 years ago. It, it is. Right? That is. When your dad was in there, they were, that's the way they were doing it. They weren't doing you know all these computers and everything right. like that that's the real key is getting that, that, to talk to people talk and to people. know them talk to people and the way you solve issues is not to get on some social media 
Uh, not even a, a phone call is ideal. Ideal is get in a room together and you're sitting across the table like this and all of a sudden it's a real person you're talking to mm -hmm. and they have thoughts and feelings that are, that are valid from their point of view. Right. And that, that's still, it, it, it's a people business. Although, <laughs> although a lot it of is. us up there, I would say, are more introverted, it's still a people business. Yeah, yeah. Well, introverted, what does that do for you, Inter introversion? What does the introversion part of it do I for you? I think what it does is sometimes uh, you don't say as many things that um, are, aren't wise. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not just blurting out stuff. Yeah, and I, I've said unwise things, let me assure you. But, <laughs> but being an introvert, you probably you know, want to ponder that before you just kind of jump and start, start talking. Because those that get in trouble, so to speak, with the media are those that the first time they hear something, they react instantly. Yeah. And you're better off just, just kind of sit there and think about it. And yeah, yeah. Well, so here's a tough question. Um, out of your time there, because what you're well over 20 years, yes. 25 years almost, right? Yeah, be, be 24, 23 right now, I'll be 24 the next session. Okay. So over that time, has there been any mistakes made that you thought need to be changed? Um, do you guys re do you sometimes some mistakes are made um, right and you guys are pretty big and can admit it oh yeah um, so like is there any mistakes I don't know I was thinking maybe like um, uh, I don't know time zones or anything oh, okay yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> there, there, there's one yeah time zones that, that's people still and understandably so you know write me and email me about that um, do they really? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, they do. And especially around, you know, the 1st of March and 1st of November. And oh, you may not have made a mistake, but a lot of people still want us back in the central, They right? want, want us back at, on the central time zone, and but um, central daylight, I should say, or Eastern Standard, like it used to be. Okay. My, my so we change? No, we would, wouldn't change at all. Okay. We go back. My contention, we should go to the central time zone if we're going to observe daylight savings. Now, true, it gets dark awfully early, but the best solution, there's a lot of the uh, federal government or the senators and reps at the federal level want to change that and get rid of DST, and that's the right solution. In this day and age, we don't need daylight savings time. Leave those clocks alone. That, that's the way it should be. And some of your countries right now are moving towards that, especially those near the equator. Hmm. Tend to no time change. No time change. I don't know if I could live like that. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, obviously I, I support that. Okay. Now, there have to be a realigning of time zones, I might argue. Sure. But, but I, I think we probably should have had a discussion back then about which time zone we we're going to be in. We ended up in the eastern, of course. and eastern Because of business concerns, right? We wanted to be on the same time as New York. Is that what you, well, is that, was that the argument? That, that was the argument, be like the rest of the country, at least be on DST. Right. And the confusion, especially in logistics, and those that, you know, are moving from time zone to time zone and transportation, those kind of things, that was the argument. Yeah, I, I just, it's an interesting conversation to me about time zones mm -hmm. and how we, because it's really, I mean, being totally philosophical, it's a construct, right? It, I, yes, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll argue that the idea is go to military time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah I do a lot of work in military time. Mm -hmm. 
You're listening to Hendricks County Conversations with Rick Myers and Gus Piercy, presented by Abstract and Title and Hendricks Power Cooperative. Our guest today is Jeff Thompson, State Representative for District 28. And uh, Jeff, I got a question for you. You've been in, in office for over, well, since the 90s. What has changed in the way you do business, particularly with your peers? Has, is there... Is there anything that's changed in that regard? Because we, we look at the federal level and it just seems so partisan. I don't know if it's that way downtown, but I would just think that if it is, it would just get extremely tiring. I, I would say not much has changed. And there was partisanship to some degree when I arrived, and there still is to some degree, but it's no comparison to the federal level. And what do you think that is? you have any? Yes, I do. Okay. Because Please I... Please help us. We've <laughs> yeah. got time to fill. Because <laughs> I, I think at the federal level, they try to solve things in front of the TV camera. As soon as there's an issue, you go and you blast the other side. And that's the start of the conversation. And that's the least thing you should be doing. You should be talking and have a conversation. And not you want to hide things, but you know, sometimes just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, people will be much more upfront. And there's no camera it, so if they make a mistake and get the word wrong, no one's going to have it on recording. Right. People may make mistakes. They've said things in my office, and I've said things in their office that probably didn't make a lot of sense. Right. And, and we're going to do that in, in trying to find the right solution. So I, I think the whole social media and trying to have it all right in the open sometimes can make it more difficult and again you want to have things on a you know up and up way and should have you know public records and we should be voting in public and all those kind of things but it's okay to have a private conversation with someone you oppose in ter terms of their views not them personally sure of course and uh, have you been with the disagreeable people in your time oh, in oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh yes you have but, you know, I have good relationships and work to do that with every single person in the house. That's great. I, I do. And I, I get, that's critical. Even those that I'm adamantly, you know, their views, I think, would take the state the wrong direction. They have views and their um, con constituents elected them. You've got to re respect that because that, that's who they wanted to represent them. Right. And so, right. And that our Constitution, I think, requires that I re respect them because that's what those citizens want. A little bit of constitutional uh, talk a lot this session because mm. of the pandemic. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Are we trying to figure out how to do this the next time it happens? Yes, I, th I think so. Okay. To, to be prepared. And, and I think we've done the right things, <clears throat> excuse me, done the correct things with regard to the policies, with regard to us coming back into session potentially. Um, I argue on the side that the Constitution allows that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the one way is just not, not to ever uh, adjourn sine die, J just go into recess like we're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, some will disagree with this statement, but of the three branches, um, in the end, the legislative is the most powerful. Right. And I'm going to argue it should be because right. we're the one closest to the people. There's a reason why our Constitution says that bills that deal with fiscal matters must originate in the House. It have to be House bills. And hmm. that's because every single one of us, all hundred, are going to have to face the voters here in, in a little over a year. 
and we should face them. And if mm. we do things that are unwise, they can remove all of us. So your take, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but it sounds like you're saying that the governor, when he shut down for the pandemic, was actually taking some fiscal matters into his own hands that needed to be... Well, I, I would argue, more important, have a discussion. Okay. Exactly. What should we do? Because you've got to look at a big picture. Of course, the, the health side is concerned about the health and the business side, the business. But you've got to always take a holistic view because, you know, how things are happening with regard to business, um, you know, what we can find, how we can find people, it affects lots of other things. I mean, a prime example, I contend some of this murder rate in the city, Indianapolis, is all tied to some of this. And I think people being, you know, bottled up and nothing to do, sometimes they make some unwise decisions. That's an opinion. Sure. But I, I think those are all interrelated. Well, I don't, I mean, it's, it's very possible because, I mean, I was surprised that there wasn't an increase in suicides or anything like that, thankfully. What, um, so just to make sure I understand correctly, you guys passed a bill that said the governor would have to call or that, that you guys could bring yourself back Ourselves to back, a session, back in into session, session yep. mm -hmm. if you wanted to. Now, what was the mechanism for that? Is that like, uh, what, how does that happen? Yes, that uh, legislative council. So a legislative council would be sort of in, uh, they would be in operation all the time. Yes, yes, yes. They could, they could meet and decide to go back into session. Okay. And um, would that keep the governor from doing what he needed to do? Would that, would that, I mean, could he still exercise his powers? Yes, yes. All those would still be there, but it would give us the authority. If we thought at some point we need to step in, we could step in. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the question becomes, when do you cross the, the line from carrying out the policies adopted by the General Assembly to making the policy? Right. And, and it is a gray line. I, I can't deny that. Um, but in the end, I, the, well, the Constitution does require us to make the policy and then the administration to carry out that policy. What are you hearing about the courts? This is going to be a long battle, isn't it? The courts about this about the governor oh, okay. saying you guys can't do that you guys overrode the you overrode the yeah, governor's yeah, yeah. veto oh, yeah, yeah. right and Two then and then the governor said i don't think this is in the constitution and i'm going to find out and i'm going to have a judicial review of this and it's going to go to the courts now is this going to be in the courts forever i mean this is going to go no, to the supreme court i think it will be think? but it may be quicker than we think okay they, they move right along hope it does and get it resolved i i think if I believe the le legislative side will, will be the winner, for lack of a better sure, word. Right. But but if we're not, I could see a constitutional change being proposed. Wow. Now, do you know what the mechanism is to get that constitutional change made? Yes. Yeah. In, in two different elected general assemblies, there has to be an identical resolution passed to put it on the ballot. So we could do it in 22 and, of course, an election then after that session and do it in 23 and go on the ballot in 24. Hmm. And then, then majority rules yes, once it's on the ballot. Yes, yes. Wow. Because like for like a, a constitutional amendment federally has to be approved by states, a, a certain number of states, yes, right? And it's more than two-thirds, yes, right? It's, uh, I think, 38. Is it three-fourths? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So it's a little easier to get our constitution changed. Yeah, a little easier. Huh. Yes, yes. 
Well, there you go. Learn something new every day, Rick. That's right. That's right. It, whatever day this is, I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Hendricks County Conversations with Rick Myers and Gus Piercy, presented by Abstract and Title and Hendricks Power Cooperative. Our guest today is Jeff Thompson, state representative for District 28. Jeff resides in Lisden, and he's been a lifelong President of Lisbon, haven't you, Jeff? I moved there 20 years ago. Okay. Of course, we grew up in North Salem, lived okay. at Danville. That's right, North Salem. Danville for a while after I first got married and then moved to Liston 20 years ago. And you, uh, you're a retired teacher. Retired teacher. Okay. I taught there at Danville for 30, a little over 30 years. And math? Math, chemistry, and physics. Math, chemistry, and yeah, physics. Yeah, chem- chemistry and physics until I got into, into the legislature. And then being gone, of course, part of the year recommended I, I move to math. Now, I heard this over here like, wow, but, you know, my, 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 my language, language arts skills are on the other end of the spectrum. Let, let me assure you. I've, I've learned a lot in politics. How does that inform what you think? How does that, how does that inform your philosophy, being a math person or a chemistry, physics person? Give, give me the data. Give me the facts. Uh-huh. Yeah. You so know, you, you, you want proof. I want proof. I was reading Thomas Sewell the other day. I like Thomas Sewell, the uh-huh. economist. And whenever they ask him, why do you change from his Marxist views to his you know, capital views and conservatives, he says, facts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, I, a question I have is, is because of your teaching background and, and you know, the big thing um, that it seems like every year that you're dealing with the legislature is you know, funding uh, charter schools. Mm-hmm. Having that public school background as a teacher, how do you juxtapose? I mean, how do you, how, how do you, uh, is there any bias? Uh, um, I suppose so, yes. But I always go to the facts. When you have about 4% of the students statewide attend charter schools, and they receive about 4% of the, the dollars, and you got about, Oh, four percent attend a private school that have some some state funding and receive about three percent of the dollars. The other ninety-two percent go to traditional public and receive about ninety-three percent of the dollars. That's the facts, and mm-hmm. so that's what it is. But but philosophically, um, I come down the side of in the end, it should be the parents it should be deciding. In this county, we have more students that go from public to public transfer than the others. And the charters and, and the, we call them the vouchers are located really in four counties. Um, of course, Marion County, Allen County, uh, St. Joe, and Lake County. That's where the, the majority by far of those are at. Hmm. It's in those urban areas. Out here, it's more public to public transfers. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that's a, that's a, a great uh, uh, point. I mean, you, you know, if you, if you hear the teachers unions talk, you'd think that there's a charter school in every county, and it's a complete threat to no. public schools. No, but and, it, it, and, and you're right. I mean, it's just a very small. It's small. Very, very small. Yeah. So there are a few pri- private schools around, though. Yes, yes, and yes, they are. And and some of those students, of course, receive state funding. Not not 100 percent, of course. Okay. They receive, and by current law, we're setting in right now between 50 and 90 percent of what the public receives for that student. Any long-range uh, thoughts, sights, insights about education and how it's going to change? And what's the talk about you know, on, the f- on the floor with your colleagues and that kind of stuff? Well, I, th- I think we're already heading in a, in a direction, and it's called um, 
graduation pathways. Yeah, and it gives right. gives a multiplicity of ways for students to graduate. And it's because not all students um, do well with that book and that test. It doesn't reflect what they know. And so how do we give those students the skills that they need to be successful? You know, I, I taught, of course, math there for a while. And I remember this one student I had. And him and I work like you can't believe for him to get through the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. Because that was required for the test. He wanted to be a truck driver. Yeah. Well, he had to know math. Oh, my, it's really important for, for all your logs and so forth. But probably other things were more important sure. than, than that. And so the, what kind of math do we have for a student like that? I sure want him to be a responsible. He was a responsible young man, by the way, because he worked hard. Because right. I'm going to meet him on the road someday in a, in a semi. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I think we've come to that a little late, to be honest. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Yes. And that should have been done earlier yeah but you know that's maybe once you can argue we didn't do it at the right time should have been done sooner but at least we're on that path now to really look at what kind of skill sets and what do students want to do and really customize more if you will their education based upon what they think are going to be be their needs well because i think there was that whole um idea that uh, the trades were uh, not as desirable as going to a four-year college getting a arts liberal arts degree or something. I mean, it just, you know, now they have these trade signing mm -hmm. days. Have you heard mm -hmm. of these oh, where yes. they, yep. where they have the signings for the kids that are going to a technical school or mm -hmm. they're going uh, straight into the workforce and they're, they're celebrating mm -hmm. that. And thank goodness. Cause they should be on the mm -hmm. same level, oh, right? Yes. And, and uh, they makes a lot of cases more dollars, especially initially than those that go to the traditional four-year program. Well, they don't go into debt. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't. They don't. And, and I think parents, in the course of time, are understanding. My son or daughter is not a failure if he goes and becomes a plumber. Not. It's an extremely oh. honorable you know, occupation, Man, especially, especially you... when you make 80,000, 90,000 a year is all. Exactly. <laughs> That's all. You're listening to Hendricks County Conversations with Rick Myers and Gus Piercy, presented by Abstract and Title and Hendricks Power Cooperative. <coughs> Our guest today is Jeff Thompson, State Representative for District 28. Jeff, parting shot here. Anything that uh, you'd like to get off your mind that we haven't talked to you about? We mentioned the budget, and it yeah. was an amazing budget. And the amount of dollars that are going to flow into traditional public schools in this county is just, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, those regional initiatives. And, and all, all those, and those things. But in just the public school, in the next two years, there'll be more dollars than Northwest Hendricks, Danville, and Mill Creek receive in a year. More than that amount of new dollars will come to this county. It, it wow. is huge. And there'll be wow. significant raises in teacher pay. And the other thing is we have $1.6 billion in one-time spending in that budget. For those that understand how the number is going to work, that expense will disappear in the next biennium. So we're sitting in the catbird seat again. And if stuff can really kind of go the wrong direction, and we're still in good shape. And the thing we need now in this state is more workers. Oh, do we need workers? There are jobs every place. And I know some young people that are really doing quite well right now because there's such a demand for people to work. Right. We, we want to keep it that way. Just keep growing this economy. We don't want to quit. Right. And that, and that's, and so the minimum wage is like kind of a moot 
uh, debate because it's already they're already having to pay it, more. It, right? It's irrelevant. You have 19 year old kids I know making 19, 20 dollars an hour, and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, I'm, no. Not, I'm not complaining. Oh uh, no, no. And you have to work, but so be that. Yeah, that's great. Jeff, thanks so much for uh, sharing some time with us today. We appreciate uh, all you do for uh, the state and particularly our county. Uh, you're a real trooper, and we, uh, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Gus. Thanks.